Welcome back to the show. Yesterday we reviewed rugby. Today we're going to review the year in rugby league. And we're heading over to Las Vegas to do it. Uh, the Daily Telegraphs and uh, SEN 1170's Michael Carianis is in Vegas at the moment. And uh, a couple of fresh issues to discuss and also looking back on the year in rugby league. G'day, Michael. Hey, Jules. How you going, mate? Very well. Thanks so much for your time over in Las Vegas. We know that the season is kicking off in Vegas next year. A couple of the stars are over there. They're at uh, a Raiders game the other day. What's the feeling like over in Vegas ahead of these games next year and what's been on the agenda? Well, we had the launch, the official launch this morning and, and um, at Allegiant Stadium where the Raiders play the NFL side and where the four teams will, will take part in that doubleheader in March. And, you know, it was pretty well received. I was surprised by the amount of local media contingent. There would have been probably a, a dozen or so, you know, across broadcast, radio, um, print and, and online journalists and, um, you know, they're engaged, they're excited, um, you know, whether that translates into ticket sales or not, I'm not sure. But, you know, we walked the, the, the strip with the players yesterday. They were in full kit for some photos and, you know, you, you walk past and you'd hear a few Aussies saying, oh, go the Rabbitohs, go the Broncos or whatever <laughs> the case may be. Or some of the locals going, oh, look, it's the rugby guys, you know. So um, there, there, there's um, an appreciation, I guess, and a, a sense of anticipation and, look, let's hope that it works out because it's a massive opportunity for the game and I think the game's doing the right thing in, in trying to take it over here and, and giving it a genuine crack. The physicality, I'm assuming, something that will interest the Americans because whenever they see Australian rules football, they talk about, hey, you, don't, you guys don't wear pads, you guys are crazy and we know how physical your sport is and I heard a couple mm-hmm. of the boys, Aaron, Aaron Woods was one of them uh, talking about that. I think that side of the game will, uh, will interest the Americans, won't it? Look, I think, yeah, for sure. When when you speak to it, like we went to that game on on, on Sunday night, 3-0 game between the Vikings and the Raiders. And, you know, the best advert for rugby league would have been if they could put a, a rugby league game on after it because it was one of the most boring. <laughs> it was an absolute and stinker. It, it was a stink fest. It was an absolute stink fest, you know. So, you know, if they all it is, I think, with rugby league, and I'm biased, obviously, because I love the game, but if they can somehow just get some eyeballs on it, you know, I think that, you know, the, the American fans will love it. Just uh, what, before we have a quick look back on the year in rugby league in 2023, West Tigers, big 24 hours. They've basically blown the whole club up. Uh, what have you made of that decision? And did it surprise you at all what happened at the Tigers yesterday? Yeah, big news out of the Tigers yesterday with the CEO gone, the chairman gone, and, and the rest of the board, except for one, all gone. A massive clean out at the West Tigers. And, you know, there's been rumblings um, of this for the last couple of weeks. They undertook an independent review uh, a couple of months back, and that was the, the recommendation was basically to blow up the joint. And, you know, whether it's the right thing, I'm not sure. Lee Hadjipentelis, the chairman, has been, is also their major sponsor, who I think has really poured his heart and soul in, in, into the club, you know, and, and, and his money as well. And um, I think it's a bit of a, a cruel blow for the way they've handled that and the way they've phased. Uh, a guy of his stature out like that. So, look, it's going to be interesting to see what happens if it's a distraction. They've got a rookie coach in Benji Marshall um, next season. But, you know, the West Tigers have jumped from one calamity to another in, in recent years. Yeah, and played finals since 2011, the longest current uh, drought in the NRL. Okay, let's look back on 2023. The Panthers making it three in a row. Michael, if, you had, if I had to ask you the question, who is it a great year for? in the NRL, in rugby league, who would the first name that come to mind? Well, I think just Nathan Cleary, because he, he, he went from, you know, 
that last 20 minutes in the grand final has now propelled him into the top echelon of, of players that are going to be spoken about to, for the next, well, 20, 30 years. That, that, that performance in the grand final, that 20 minutes, you'll never see a greater 20 minutes. Yep. You, you watch rugby league for the next 50 years and you'll never see a, a player just dominate, turn a grand final um, like he did and, and now really cement himself as one of the elite players in, in, in our game and not just in, of the modern day of, of all time, you know, that's what that's the way Nathan Cleary's tracking at the moment. Yeah, I, I don't think you can argue with that. It was an extraordinary grand final, an extraordinary individual performance. Uh, who had a year to forget in the NRL? Um, any, well, I think the Bulldogs. I, I think, you know, the, the, the Bulldogs are one, South Sydney were another, two two sides, particularly the Rabbitohs. They probably came into the, the competition where many pundits had them in, in their top four, but um, failed to not even make the top eight. And, and Canterbury's end of season was plagued by some, some headlines that, um, you know, around the player group and, and that sort of thing. So, and they also came into the year with, with greater optimism after a lean trot, but that lean trot continued. So I think South Sydney and, and, and Canterbury probably had a season to forget. Looking ahead to 2024, Michael, I was speaking to Michael Carianas from the Daily Telegraph. He's in Las Vegas at the moment as the opening matches that will be played in Las Vegas are being launched as we speak. It could be a team on the rise. It could be a player on the rise. Who should we be looking out for in the NRL in 2024? I think Manly. I've got some, uh, you know, they didn't make the eight this year, but I think they could sneak not into the top eight, into the top four. Um, provided they, you know, they keep Tom Travojevic on the field for at least 20 games. I think, you know, with the addition of of Luke Brooks, Josh Schuster back to the back row, and you know, players like Homoli Olakowatu developing. Um, Daly Chair Evans is still at the peak of his powers. Um, yeah, I really like um, Manly climbing from outside the top eight to to potentially finishing in the top four next year. What do you think will be one or two of the big stories in 2024? Yeah, well, this is fresh in my mind. Obviously, at the moment, is Vegas to see what sort of ticket sales they get, to see um, what sort of numbers it generates in the US. It's going to be shown on prime time in in the US, and whether it works or or not, or you know, uh, what sort of numbers they can get. And um, I think that's going to be one definitely that people will have an interest in. And two will be expansion. Um, you know, the NRL will expand to at least eighteen teams, whether they are eighteen, nineteen announcement next year I'm not sure but they'll announce definitely the path forward for an 18th team and you know I think all the money is on a PNG franchise but we still need to understand how how that will take shape and how that will look. Melbourne Storm preliminary finals again but if you look at their results I guess against the Panthers and the Broncos in that final series that they were a long way short of the two eventual grand finalists what are you expecting from the Storm in 2024? Yeah, they they need their big guns to fight. I think they're just really a forward short and a real, you know, a lot walked out the door at the end of last year with, you know, the with Kafusi and the Bromwich brothers and Brandon Smith all leaving the club, and that was a lot of experience, a lot of, um, a lot of mongrel, a lot of hard edge out of that forward pack, and they just haven't found that yet. I think their their forward pack needs a little bit more starch because, you know, their their one six seven nine are outstanding. Um, provided Ryan Pappenhausen can play and Nick Meany will shift into the centres. That gives the back line a, a better balance. But, you know, I think if they can just lift their forwards up a little bit, they'll be a, a dominant force again. Can they be a, a genuine contender if they don't get Ryan Pappenhaus up and going again? Well, they still have Hughes, Munster and Grant. Mm. And, and Nick Meany, he's an NRL, you know, easily an NRL caliber fullback. He's a really good player. So um, he doesn't have the brilliance of... 
uh, Ryan Pappenhausen, but he, he's, you know, to call him serviceable, I think would probably be uh, uh, disrespectful to, to the way Nick Meany plays. He's a really good fullback, um, you know, and then I've got young Falongo as well that, that could potentially excite and, and, and you know, find a, a spot in the back line as well. So um, for mine, it's, it's their forward pack. That's the question marks. Obviously, Pappenhausen's injuries are concerned, but for mine, it's, it's whether or not they can just get um, a little bit more out of that, that forward pack. Just a couple more quick ones before I let you go. One of the big stories in the off-season has been the future of uh, Penrith star Jerome, Jerome Luai. Where do you think he'll be playing in 2024? Uh, 2024, he'll be at Penrith. Oh, sorry, 2025. Uh, sorry. Yeah, 2025, I'm not sure. Obviously, he's got 12 months left on his deal, but under the NRO rules, he's a free agent at the moment. Uh, look, I think... Tigers or Canterbury, I just can't. Uh, the money's ridiculous. It's like um, significantly different to, to what he can earn at, at Penrith. You know, we're talking three, four, five hundred thousand dollars a year over the course of five years. That's a lot of money to to leave on the table. So I, I just can't see how he stays at, at Penrith. You know, it'd be a massive sacrifice financially if he did. Uh, but you know, uh, stranger things have happened. And just finally, with the games in Las Vegas, have the NRL got a, a crowd figure in mind, a, a ballpark figure they'd be happy with? Oh, they haven't put one on it, but I'm I'll, I'm going to say I think around 30,000 would be par. Um, it's a 65-seat stadium. Um, you know, they've already sold about 18,000 tickets. Uh, about half of that's come from Australia or, or, already, so... You know, there'll be a little bit more of an increase from, from the Australian public, I think. But surely they can get a, a, they'll sell at least another 10,000 tickets between now and March. So I think 30,000 would be par. Um, if they can nudge 40,000, I think that would be a huge achievement. Well, from an NRL point of view, I hope it goes better than uh, the AFL's move into China. That was a, that was a bust. <laughs> there was no interest at all in China and uh, COVID completely ruined it anyway. Hey, Michael, I really appreciate you taking our call. Enjoy the rest of your time in Las Vegas and uh, thanks for looking back on the NRL season 2023 with us. I'm off the Raiders training now, so we'll see what that brings.